hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. If you're an independent agent who is struggling to get contracts and appointments with carriers, or maybe you're trying to balance multiple carrier relationships because of high production and volume requirements, well, Smart Choice is the answer for you. They're not going to charge you any fees to join nor will they charge you any monthly fees. They're truly a network built to help you gain access to the markets you need while being a silent partner. They only operate on a commission split, and that's only the business that you write through the carriers you access through Smart Choice. It really is what differentiates themselves from all the other ones out there. They really help you navigate relationships with your carriers, and they negotiate higher commission percentages and lower production requirements to help you balance your book. They've got around 9,000 agencies nationwide right now. That's why they are called the fastest growing agency network in the country. They are an incredible partner of mine. I'm so happy to be having them not only as a sponsor, but it's just a, a great outfit out there for you, the agent. Also, I want to tell you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution to getting all those deck pages that you need to quote your prospect. No more the back-and-forth hassle of asking all those questions and being intrusive with your clients. You send them a link, they click the button, and all those deck pages are uploaded to you so that you can have everything you need to provide an accurate quote for your potential client. It's awesome. I've been talking about them for a year now almost. I can't believe it's already been a year. Thank you, Robert. Tolga, thank you to the Canopy Connect team for being a part of our town. Uh, it's people like that uh, that make our town so great. Now, uh, I'm excited about today's guest. Uh, he is uh, awesome, obviously. Uh, I wouldn't have him on here. But uh, today, we are getting to talk to my man, Brett. Some of you may know him as Broker Brett, but Brett Fulmer. Brett Fulmer is at Newport Beach Insurance Center He's also an ambassador for some awesome insure tech companies, but Fineo being the one that we talk about today, he's also a podcaster. He's an advisor for startup companies. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge and we go ADHD like crazy on this podcast. You're going to hear us talk about all kinds of topics. I, I really did enjoy this conversation. I hope that you do too. So sit back, relax and enjoy my conversation with my main man, Broker Brett Fulmer. Broker Brett, what's happening, brother? Hey, it's good to be in the house, and uh, yeah, excited to talk shop, man. Get into a few things. Yeah, dude. Welcome to town. Did you enjoy the police escort, the helicopters, and everything else around watching your back? You know, I, I normally feel like a lowly little agent, you know, making one-off cold calls, doing a few other things. I felt special today. I, I appreciate uh, being welcomed on in. Yeah, dude, for sure. I'm so glad uh, that you came on. You've got a you know, diverse background. You've got a lot of different things you got your hands in. It's really cool. You and I, you know, share a lot in that. So I can't wait to dive into some of that and uh, look forward to it. Before we do, let's take a walk down memory lane. Talk to me. Tell me, uh, go back as far as you want to. Bring me up as, uh, as close as you want to to today. Yeah, definitely a, a happy accident industry. Um, grew up, my dad's a commission salesman my whole life, sold office moves. I worked with him for six years. And, you know, saw insurance as an opportunity to see where the deals might be. I thought if I could insure the building, you know, or the lease, uh, I would know where the next project would be. And I was also curious about insurance. I always say a buddy who's my same age, but, you know, a little smarter, a little more mature, mentioned insurance being a good industry. 
And so it was a, a, an excuse to get my license. So I was actually licensed three years before I got an insurance full time and just tried to sell in the garage a little bit, sold a little bit of personal lines, really just kind of put my toe in the water. And then when it turned out my dad wasn't going to buy that moving company, I jumped over to a personal lines role where I can network in a commercial, you know, was there for about a year. Um, you know, small business, can't fault him, who knows, but kind of my paycheck got a little tweaked, jumped off to what I thought was InsureTech, was kind of a leads company, you know, got recruited to another role where what we're selling was kind of bloated, tried to talk us into piecing it down a little bit. And then maybe upselling. It was kind of a supplemental benefits HR product. And it's kind of crazy, but got let go in under three months. But that got me my life health license. Was feeling a little grumpy after those sort of rodeos. And decided to start building my own brokerage um, and bartending at the same time. And you don't know what you don't know. So cut my teeth there for about six months. Uh, got some personal lines out the door. You know, didn't realize how sticky commercial was going to be. And then ended up, you know, posting up at a buddy's benefits office for about a year and a half to do commercial PNC. And then about a year a year ago, jumped back into my own brokerage with a business partner who's had a lot of experience. And since I went independent about three years ago, I've been helping Fineo, a really rad startup out of Canada, come to the U.S., which we officially came through, you know, mid-May. We're out here now officially. Um, but that's been a great project, too. And if I didn't go independent, if I didn't get grumpy and work on my own brokerage, I couldn't help them. You know, that kept me in the independent game. If I didn't, you know, end up with a business partner, Ed, you know, we ended up building our own kind of sales-enabled agency management system, CapDIMS. That's been a great happy accident. And then still trying to sell insurance every day. You know, um, I think it helps me more with the startups. And then I think the startups help me be more competitive as an agent. You know, it's been a really cool kind of accidental virtuous cycle. And I got to give my wife credit for letting me, you know, go out there, take some swings, take some punches and uh, keep trying to make things happen. Yeah, dude. Smart move. Thanking the wife on that one. I do the same thing a lot. And so uh, if it wasn't for her, then I wouldn't be where I'm at either because, uh, you know, you gotta have those patient wives and uh, understanding. So I get that. So starting your own brokerage, uh, and then coming back to it, what does that brokerage look like? Is it, is it more life and health driven? Is it more PNC driven? Is it all the above? Do you get an ancillary products? What are you getting into? So originally, yeah, mainly person lines when I was on my own. And then luckily that, you know, the agent, my buddy Blake with Maxwell agency, uh, which still help out with some benefits clients, um, you know, corporate trained dude, you know, really taught me the guts of PNC and accords and supplementals and everything else. Um, so, you know, fast forward to working with Ed over this last year, 60% person lines, 40% commercial. And to flip it back to the smart choice guys, we write the majority of our business to them. You know, Spencer and SoCal has been awesome. Super patient. They get it, you know, when you get off the ground and you're trying to get your ducks in a row. I think they got a cool setup. Um, yeah, now we're trying to niche down to the auto space. Um, you know, we were talking briefly ahead of time. I had my own podcast, which was really a way to keep networking do during the pandemic and, you know, talk to startups, insured a couple startups last year. Uh, but we really find the garage and dealership space super interesting, kind of unappealing to a lot of uh, kind of white collar agents. So we're really trying to niche in there, making cold calls. And then we started Ed, a podcast, Ed's Auto Garage, really to niche down into the classic car auto enthusiast space. So we kind of went from me learning the podcast game just kind of as a fun exercise to strategically using it for him, you know. So we'll still write whatever, uh, still a good amount of personal lines. I've actually been making a point to cut my teeth and sell more life insurance to, you know, kind of better equip myself to help Fineo and understand 
you know, the world of kind of financial planning related insurance. But yeah, it's probably 50 personal lines, 40 commercial, 10% life right now. Um, yeah, and I kind of joke before getting involved with Fineo, like I would worry so much about like low limits on a car, like, you know, 15, 30 out here in California, but I forgot about insuring the person, you know, whether it's a hop, you know, hospital supplement or actual life insurance, um, you know, our income's a huge asset. You know, we don't think about it that way when we're just getting a paycheck or a W-2, you know, or 1099. But, you know, if we can't work, that's that's a weight, you know. So it's been cool being around Fineo and just learning the financial planning side of the house. Yeah, that's really cool. So you gave me a lot to unpack there. So first, I'm going to rewind back to you brought up, you know, thank you for that, I guess, but you brought up one of my sponsors, which I appreciate very much. And, you know, Spencer is an incredible dude. Uh, I've gotten to know him uh, since I became a sponsor and he is, uh, he really dives in and loves his agents, loves working with his agents, wants to help them. So first of all, I got to say, I appreciate you dropping that. And then you also, you got into, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the niche within Garage. Are you doing like dealerships? Are you doing like franchise? Are you doing used dealerships? Are you getting into collision centers and body parts and stuff? What are you What are you getting into? That's uh, a great question. Um, you know, I'm learning these things from my buddies who are younger. I use something called Data Miner and I use Google Maps. And I really just made a list of auto shops kind of radiating out from my house. I have about 350 that I've called through you know, one and a half times. And then we made one of uh, dealerships as well that we haven't worked as much yet. But yeah, you know, auto shops, collision centers, you know, a little bit of very, um, we've got a one real good dealership opportunity so far. Haven't, you know, didn't land it. Um, but those are going to be a little more of a slow play. But really anything kind of related to wheels and the industry of wheels, which, you know, it's an old market, so it's tough. You know, you kind of have to have somebody open a new shop, whatever else. But you know, this is a get rich slow game, you know, get rich in your niche. It's hard to be an overnight success in what we're trying to do. Don't get me wrong. I still want to, you know, find some sort of embedded product somewhere that I'll just turn over on a server. But, you know, those are little evening projects. I think the day in, day out, I still haven't found a hack that beats just trying to call people, keep track of them, see what's coming up. You know, I don't know if there's any magic bullet. I'm looking for it, but yeah, let me know if you see one out yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think know. we all are. <laughs> but yeah, when I when I hear you talk about, you know, uh, and I love that you're, you know, you talk about the old school, just cold calling and getting out because I think that's huge. And I've got, I've got listeners right now that are listening that are either toying with a niche or they're in a niche and um, you're still in the beginning stages of your niche at the garage, um, meaning you're not 10 or 15 years down the road. So uh, how, how many, do you have a formula that you, you're working out in your head of how many times you're going to call them, how many touches you're going to do? You know, if you call them one and a half times, they don't get on. What's your next move there? Have you, got, have you thought about that kind of stuff? What do you want to do there with your niche? You know, sort of. Um, I'm 36. I think the first time I hit the phones cold call and I was like 18 at that moving company, I literally get the book of lists each summer, Orange County, LA Business Journal, and just try to find office managers and facilities people and just call through them. Um, I cold called for copiers. I was nervous for like the first month. We had to collect 30 cards a day, you know, get yelled at, be on the phones in the morning, afternoon. If it was quiet, literally manager would be pounding on the desk, like get on the effing phones. Um, so never really been a fear. I do think on the calls themselves, you got to expect to get shot down at least once. If you get shot down twice, you know, die with dignity, live to fight another day. You know, I take a note of like, if I seem kind of 
blown off. Oh yeah, we just renewed. I'll make a note, but I don't take that X date too seriously. You know, if someone's real big jerk, I might skip them for three months, but I don't really, I don't know, until like a deal's dead, until I know there's a relationship, like they're always going to be on my radar. It's just, you got to be a little bit sensitive about when you approach, how you approach. Um, I kind of learned that from my first insurance job, this guy, Roger Stone, he would just say, I don't really care if it's yes or no, I just got to figure it out. You know, like it almost doesn't matter. You're not going to get too high, too low. You just need to have some sort of like closure to that shop or that deal. And you just keep mining. You know, I, I talk a big game. I need to be on the phones more consistently. You know, like I'll go in sprints, you know, but it's really that day in, day out that that wins, you know. But the thing is, whether you say you talk a big game or not, they even mention the words, you know, you're cold calling still. Yeah. You're making those calls even somewhat consistently. There's a lot of agencies that won't. Or they'll say, I go off of word of mouth. Or they'll use the whole moniker of, you know, whatever that may be. You know, we just grow by, you know, referrals or whatever. But, you know, be there's nice. still some value. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Those guys are established, you know, like I'm. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, to still be able to get out there and get on the phones, even though you could be established, there's always room for growth. There's always room yeah. for, you know, adding more. So I, I got mad respect for that because a lot of agents won't do it or they don't do it or they're scared to. And so I think that what you're talking about earlier, getting over that fear of rejection is huge. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. Like literally my godfather, I'm half Mexican. Um, he's literally my godfather sold packaging, you know, and he would bring funny cards and trinkets. He's like, everyone's bored to tears. He's like, just be up, be, be refreshing. And I do think as a salesperson, like your energy is your own responsibility. You know, take a nap if you need it, go for a walk, talk to your buddies, clear your head. You got to stay upbeat one way or another. You know, people like working with happy, successful people. Um, and by all means, you know, deal with your problems. But I think like that's for your friends, you know, and then get back in the game. Um, I do think calling the ground level, and I'm even talking to one-off agents, you know, with Fineos are coming to the U.S. trying to help their platform spread out, just gives you so much clarity on what works, what doesn't work. And yeah, I want to build that dream funnel, that intake process, that perfect lander, that perfect marketing but I'm not going to know what it is unless I'm talking to the people that I'm trying to sell to. So that's part of it is just consistently doing research and trying to sell. And also I know my name's kind of out there and I kind of full feel like full of crap sometimes because I want to be a better agent. I want to be a bigger agent. You know, I, uh, I worry about being like talking head who doesn't know what they're doing. So, I mean, there is my own self-consciousness of like trying to build a big badass agency. I think I'm, I get in my own head about that a little bit more than I need to. Um, but yeah, I want my word to be based on something. And actually when I get something done, I probably won't even talk about it that much, to be honest. You know, if I build something really cool and badass, you probably won't even really hear me much of me. You know, no, saying anything you. about it. <laughs> well, that, that brings me to a good point. Uh, again, more stuff to unpack. Um, where, okay. Is that where broker Brett came into? Is that something that you established or someone gave you that, um, you know, how, how did broker Brett come about? Super happy accident. Um, I've been dinking around with WordPress and other websites forever. I use Squarespace now more. Um, I can limit, I could cut like one line of code. I can build like an iframe. Like I'm not a great coder, but I'm also not scared of redirecting a website to a server. I say that as I have like three websites stuck where I don't want them right now. Um, I was having a hard time getting my friends to fill out forms. So literally broker Brett. And at first I couldn't get .com. So we had, it was like brokerbrett.tech was just backslash home, backslash auto, backslash whatever um, to collect data. 
it was just easier to send a link to my friends to quote them than it was to try to get them to fill out a PDF. This was four years ago, you know, five years ago. Um, and then for a minute, I was just blogging about startups like Ask Kodiak or Rich Genius because I just found them interesting and the guys seemed to appreciate it. So I just would write an article every so often on my own. And then that turned into Broker Gizmos, which was about the startups while I was kind of out of the industry for a minute. I kept working on it. Then I flipped it back to Broker Brett and I tried to launch an agency out of it. But I realized selling commercially as Broker Brett was a little bit too silly. Like it was hard walking a business, be like, hi, I'm Broker Brett, buy business, you know, commercial insurance from Broker Brett. And then uh, I'll give a shout out to my buddy, Chris Disberg with uh, AFPAC Insurance in Orange County. They focus on aviation. They're badasses. They're cool. Um, yeah, he's, an, he's a good guy. Uh, I was going to name it like Mesa Del Mar, something regional like you've always seen, you know, um, just in the region. And then he's like, no, Newport Beach Insurance Center. It was kind of like a light bulb. Um we have NPBIC, which isn't perfect. It's a mouthful. I have 949 insurance. I don't play with it enough. And I do quietly think later I can help other people deploy different quote unquote insurance centers. It's a cool concept. Um, but the broker Brett thing was when I realized through insurance nerds or whatever else, there was value to being known in the industry. But I don't expect anybody to buy insurance from me because I'm known in the insurance industry. It gives me tools. It gets me early access to stuff like Coterie or Talage, which I'm, or Total CSR, which I'm freaking grateful for. Um, you know, it gets me friendships with guys, you know, like Andy from CoverDesk, who's a stud. Um, but it's not going to make anybody buy insurance for me. Nobody cares, you know. So Broker Brett's kind of became like industry-facing, door-opening, tried to be helpful, maybe be around startups. But I still got a cold call. I still got to bug people. I still got to chase down paperwork and try to get people to mail in their life insurance checks. You know, I promised citizens of insurance. Now I didn't pay this guy to use both two of my sponsors. Now I just got to throw canopy in later, which I yeah. just did, but you just, you know, dropped another one in there. So I appreciate well, that. My buddy, Nick Barry is working with Andy. Now I told him I'm jealous that he gets to hang out with Andy all the time. He just hopped over uh, to the cover desk team from rock Dude. referrals. They're going to do some damage together. No, they really are. He is super excited about that. So, you know, just to drop a little teaser, I'm going to have Andy come on pretty soon and I may release it after this one and you'll get to hear all about Nick Barry and all that kind of stuff. So, dude, I did not pay him to say any that kind of stuff. I, I just uh, happened to have that happen. Whoa. So um, you mentioned as you're talking about coding, you're talking about all this stuff, um, capped insurance, you, you developed your own CRM for your agency. Um, is that something that you're doing forward facing for other people as well, or just within your crew? Uh, talk to me about that a little bit, what that looked like and why you went with your own CRM versus somebody else's. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't want to do it. It was my buddy, Ed. Um, he's been friends with Mark Mescal, who built the whole thing for 30 years. They're family friends. Um, <laughs> Mark's Filipino. He talks about marrying into a crazy Cuban family. Ed's Cuban, you know? Um, they had a really clean, straightforward lending CRM. They had talked to some guys at World Financial Group, tried to build some tools, but it was like a half-finished project. And at first I was like, are we really doing this right now? Like we're trying to build an agency, which is hard. And then I just would see what Mark could get done. And it was very impressive. You know, he'll pick on himself as a coder. He'll say the Cody does, you know, Cody writes it isn't pretty or whatever else, but the man is like damn functional. And I told him like, no one's going to pick on your code and insurance. Um, and it's really cool. You know, it's a sale. We're trying to, I think we're still figuring out what we are, but I'll call it a sales enabled agency management system. It's got a really light CRM. You can upload CSV files. There's a click to dial. Um, there's a client facing portal. There's DocuSign built in. 
we got a few other skunk work projects, I call them, that are going on. Um, if you convert the client from the CRM, it just drops in the agency management side of the house. Since I'm licensed and everything, it can handle, you know, personal, commercial, specialty, um, life, health. And then we even have a marine bucket and we want to work in the aviation space later. You know, our goal is to take care of the little guys, you know, the one and two offices, uh, aviation, marine, kind of like the unloved, you know, folks in our industry. We just built something for ourselves. We have five outside agents in it now. You know, two of them are CPCUs. One of them just crushing it and sold like a quarter million dollars in their first two months. So we're getting bugs and wishes from them all the time. You know, I do joke that it's like a gunslinger's platform. Like we're not offering any magic bullets or there's nothing in there. You have to like do the work, but it's going to be a place to do the work at a very, you know, reasonable cost um, that has hierarchy functionality too. So it could grow into a large org. Like on the lending side, they have 40, 50 person offices using the same tool. You know, we're just trying to tune it up for insurance. Yeah. I told you guys when we got started, this guy's involved in a lot of different things. <laughs> and so, you know, we've already gotten into several topics in the first 20 minutes. So it's crazy. Um, and so we've got into that a little bit. Then I wanted to get into to Fineo, a Canadian-based life insurance type deal. But they came into the United States now, and you're super excited about that. Uh, and I want to hear, because here's an area I started my career, and my dad is a lifer, um, pardon the pun, in the life insurance industry. And, um, you know, I don't think enough PNC agencies uh, write life insurance or even focus on it. They farm it out or they look for other directions to go with it, or they just, you know, don't see a value there because there's not a big renewal commission on the renewal side, whatever it might be, whatever your excuse is, if you're listening to this, don't get mad at the mayor. I'm just speaking truth. You know, Brett, I, I want you to dive in. Is there some, you know, things you could talk about maybe to maybe leave some content, some advice, some things that, you know, maybe PNC agents to make it easy to sell some life insurance, add some, some premium, add some more value to their clients. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, you know, Please throw my contact info in the show notes. You know, Brett, B-R-E-T-T at brokerbrett.com. Love to get him connect with Fineo. Um, we're rolling up to a great IMO uh, here in the States. Uh, but it's a single platform. What I always compare it to is like um, Cover Wallet for, life and, for basically life products. You know, real light CRM, you know, financial needs analysis, fact finder that can be sent out. Uh, quote comparisons, you know, life insurance, critical illness, disability, all in one place, really nice white label presentation material. In Canada, we're plugged in right now to the carriers, real easy data transfer, working on that in the U.S., but at least can have everything primed to go, um, can get your rates in the U.S. Um, but yeah, we're launching out of California. I've got them quietly licensed in every state, which got me licensed everywhere, which was a happy accident. You know, so we write business in Texas, you know, get them out. Got clients in Idaho, Nevada, a few other states, Utah. Um, but yeah, Fineo's doing cool stuff. Um, I did not give much of a thought to life insurance. You think life insurance, you think the guy from Groundhog's Day running across the street trying to bug Bill Murray. But yes. In the most devastating moment of a family's path, or even if somebody doesn't die, even if like they're injured or you have bad hospital bills, like these tools are gigantic. You know, you hear about bankruptcy from medical bills all the time, a hospital supplement. Um, you know, it's, it's easy for us to think about protecting assets and liabilities, homes, cars, 
you know, run into somebody or whatever else. But to think about us and our income and our families, it's just another animal. So, you know, very proud to be working with those guys. And from an agency startup standpoint, you know, you get 100% of those commissions year one. You know, I've got a nice whole life policy I just wrapped up which I took end to end and I'm really proud of. Um, I had one that I shared before I sold some term. Those upfront monies for a new agency are really cool. I do think I've heard this playbook before. You do life insurance for the early money. You do personal lines off of that life insurance book and then you roll into commercial was kind of a playbook. And that makes so much sense to me, um, especially the way our book is you know, probably 50, 40, 10 right now. I could totally see that being a way to get out the gate. Plus people just don't really buy it like they used to and there are value you know cash flow whole life it's there you know even that term is just a way to start building relationship and make sure something happens to your good friend like the house is going to be fine the kids are going to be okay for me like once i started selling it, it almost became like a a peace of mind issue you know like you almost felt like you had to get it deployed or at least make the offer you know the people you cared about Hey guys, sorry, not sorry. Had to interrupt you a little bit because I had to talk to you about my good friends over at Cover Desk. I'm so proud that they are a sponsor of this show. The Cover Desk model is a win-win to help you grow your business. With their highly skilled team of virtual assistants, you immediately eliminate the burden of administrative tasks and lower your overhead costs without sacrificing customer support. The clients get the help they need when they need it. Their virtual assistants are fully dedicated to you, the agency, supporting your business, your clients, your growth, providing the service your clients deserve. This allows you to focus on building the agency and cultivating the business. CoverDesk virtual assistants can handle these tasks, you know, saving you significant time because they've been through specific insurance training Andy puts on so that they know how to speak our language. This, like I said earlier, is a win-win, a win-win situation and a win-win for your agency. Go to CoverDesk.com or email hello at CoverDesk.com to learn more information and get a demo. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, I completely agree. And so when you're talking about, you know, you know, selling, you know, life insurance as a PNC guy, uh, obviously, when you get all that information that you're collecting, you got to get a whole lot of info. And maybe this is where I can work in Canopy Connect because they could be your, your one-stop shop to getting that info. But uh, again, not a plug for all my sponsors, but damn, it's nice when you can do that. But anyway, you've got all the info you've asked for, their date of birth, their you know, you know know blood type, everything else to get a uh, uh, an auto and a home quote. You know, you've already got the information. Why not go ahead and either run them a quote in the background or ask them, hey, do you mind if I run a quick quote? Or, you know, what are some suggestions you have there? You've already got all the info you need, and it's not that difficult to, to go from there. What, what do you say about some of that? Well, not to live in startup land too much. Um, Peter Thiel's got a book called like Zero to One, and it's so hard to go from no customers to one customer. I can't come here and say I'm a, a life insurance guru. You start getting an idea of the nominal costs, and you're like, well, you know, you could do a term for this amount, or, to cover your debt, for instance, my little brother and I were talking about it yesterday. I was like, do you just buy a freaking term? I was like, your debt, you know, like $8 a month. He's like, well, I don't really, I was like, well, what about like $300,000 a whole life? You know, I was like, I'll run you a quote on that. So then it's, let's call it, you know, 120 bucks a month. So you start getting these numbers in the back of your mind. It becomes kind of easy where you're like, dude, it's just going to be this and you should do it anyways. Like, <laughs> it's funny to say it, but selling one's hard. Selling five will give you the idea of the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I, uh, I totally get it. So, you know, we, we also talked, uh, and I've seen, you know, you talked about some of your websites and I have seen some of those, some of them are really good websites. So for you to say you're not, you know, the best of coders, I, I was impressed because I just launched my, own, my first website and oh. I felt like it's pretty crappy. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's insurancetownpodcast.com. Give me all the negative feedback you want so I can improve it. But, you know, I did notice on your website, you did talk about uh, helping startups. Now, do you, when you talk about startups, you mean in startup companies that you want to help them with their insurance? You mean startup agencies that want to continue to grow? Uh, you're talking about both? Well, I mean, what's, what's the dealio there? I would be very honest about like my journey, what's worked, what's not worked. I don't know if I would say I can help a startup agency today. I won't pretend to be like, hey, I got this magic pill, but I do know what has kind of worked and what's working more and more. Um, we insured a handful of startups last year and it was very fun working with them, but the premiums are usually kind of small and they're a little hard all over the place. So what happened was last year I was working on startups and Ed was working on the auto space. And I just realized the bang for the buck, the time on the startups was tough. Plus, you know, with Fineo going on with everything else, I couldn't double down on my own book. So I kind of pivoted over to more almost like cold calling for Ed and helping start deals and kind of making sure we're swimming down the same lane. You know, that comes in the podcast that comes in supporting because he's living in it. He's living in the brokerage. And I feel lucky to have a, a business partner who's got a lot of experience, who's a very good guy who wants to do right by customers. So I honestly feel like I'm just trying to help get the ball rolling and he's running the brokerage. Uh, he's turned that thing from a sandbox experiment, you know, uh, DBA, you know, kind of goofy thing I'm doing to like a legit LLC that's organized and structured. And um, he's really turned it into a company. You know, I'm very fortunate to be partnering with him there. Um, but yeah, that, I went from that, which I need to update my own website, sounds like, to helping him focus on uh, the auto industry. And yeah, I've, I've helped insure techs. I mean, I'll, I'll always take a meeting, you know, because it's fun, you know, and it's interesting. Um, there's been times people haven't been happy to hear what I say because I'm like, ah, you still got to go get the customers or nobody's going to want to do that. You know, <laughs> like part of the reason why I like Fineo is... Um, they believe the agent has still got to drive the process. You know, they want to tech enable the agent to make their life easier and quicker. Nobody wants to work on insurance. I love our industry. I love what we do. I think it's uniquely good where you can make money and generally help people. People don't care. <laughs> you know, like this is our stuff to nerd out on. Uh, that's why I think Fineo's thesis is solid, kind of digitally enabling the agent. Um, but yeah, so yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah. And one of the things that I say probably more often than I realize, uh, so if you listen to my show a lot, you want to take a pee break, here's a 30-second break here. Because I say this a lot, but years ago, uh, you know, when Insured Techs first came out, and I'll even go back maybe 10 years ago, we were scared they were going to take over our business. We were afraid that they were going to do something that we didn't like, or they were going to do it better than we were, or they were going to put us out of business. Now... I don't see it that way. I see them running alongside of us. I see this making us better. And I want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, let's give them a second to get back from flushing the toilet. All right, they're done. Uh, all right, go. To your point and not picking on anybody, um, when I first started four years ago, five years ago, I would listen to podcasts and they talk about InsureTech eating your lunch and stuff. And I'm just thinking of the freaking – Maginot line and then Germany having tanks and airplanes, you know, like whoever has the best tech tools wins. And if you think business and sales isn't a war, you're kind of playing with yourself. You're fighting over dollars. I do think 
people get too hung up on the neighborhood and they do think they're competing with the guy next door. I'm like, you got the internet now, you know, like you can get licensed anywhere. It's a blue ocean as far as I'm concerned. I'll be friends with my peers all day long. Um, the other thing was I had a hard time getting an industry. I applied to 60 or 70 jobs before I got that personal lines role. When I ended up going out on my own, I applied to 60 or 70 jobs again. I got offered an assistant to an assistant role or like a boiler room call role. And I was 32, 33 at the time. And I felt like I kind of had to take a bigger swing. Candidly, I felt a little behind, you know. Um, so bigger risk, bigger reward. I'm glad I went down the path I did. Um, but I've never been scared of InsureTech. Plus, they opened the door. Yeah, actually, I'm going to record a podcast with uh, ClearCover Kyle Nakasaki later today, which I messed up his name again probably right now. I always screw it up. So we're going to record another one because we recorded one like two years ago just to catch up. And for me to apologize about butchering his name on every podcast I'm on. But they gave me a shot. Uh, Hippo gave me a shot. First Connect out of Texas, Open Doors. So to me, they just were cool because I couldn't even really get into the industry. I didn't know about smart choices. I didn't know about our aggregators. Um, they gave me ability to write business when nobody else would. You know, Coverwallet did too. Uh, and I'm very grateful for that. But with that being said, I don't even view them as two different things anymore. To me, it's just trying to deploy good paper and some people make it easier on you than other, but what's the right thing for the client? And this shouldn't be the case, but also what's the timetable? You know, sometimes you're weeded and a HIPAA policy you know is going to be solid and it's going to be quicker to get out there. Um, where if you had more time, you might do a bundle with travelers and try to get an umbrella out there too, because that's probably going to be the best fit. But sometimes... You know, there's a realtor calling you and you got to get them something that, you know, will take care of them and have good rebuild value, you know, cover their electronics. Um, but yeah, I, I never yeah. feared it. Yeah, I saw it as it's tech, man. It's coming. You know, you're not fighting yeah, it. No, I agree. No, I think those guys who figured out are going to do better. You know, the first guys to introduce CNC machines to their metal shops probably beat out the guys who are using lathes, you know, and I want to use the CNC machine, you know, Um I think our job as insurance brokers or agents is to translate life to insurance and translate insurance to people. You know, we're in the middle. And I became friends with this Canadian startup a long time ago who thinks we're crazy in the States called uh, Broker Lift. Really great guys, do API-driven products, embedded stuff. Um, but he thinks anything north of $400 in personal lines and 1200 on commercial, people are going to want some consultation. You know, people thought tech was going to get rid of the home buying industry and, or realtors and maybe it's helped private equity people move quicker or something but your average person's still going to want to consult with somebody when they're putting 300,000 to a million dollars on the line um i don't think we're going anywhere because people are going to be worried by nature and it's hard to be comforted by a computer screen you know no you're right people still have questions they don't quite understand they think they do and again, going back to your minimum limits thing, people think, oh, I'm covered if I've got 1530 or, you know, whatever it is, and they're not. Um, or they think that, you know, they're okay to buy, you know, this or that, and they're not. Or they can get by with not having cyber, which is a big thing that's come along the way. 40% in the last percent of years. claims right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a lot of coverages that people just don't know. They don't understand they need or, you know, equipment breakdown or water backup or, Whatever the different coverages are, they don't think they need because they went on a, you know, Geico or some other website that yeah. maybe not have given them the best advice. Well, and in that moment of crisis, Ed will always advocate for this. You want to talk to somebody, no. You know, you don't want a call center, you know, when the S is hitting the fan. Um, I like InsureTech. I don't mind InsureTech enabled direct-to-consumer 
But as an agent, I want to put guardrails on it. You know, I want a 50, 150 minimum. And if you want to go south of that, like we need to have a conversation. I'm not saying you can't. This is America. You can do whatever you want for the most part. Um, but I think as an agent, I want to be able to deploy insurance that I believe in. I really like to name drop one more friend, uh, Talage and Adam Kiefer. They're really cool. Um, kind of like cover wall to the agent facing, but they also have client enabled client facing tools. And what I like about them is the client can take it all the way to the quote, but it's still the agent who has to activate it. It's still the agent who has to go in there and bind. And I think that's like the perfect hybrid because I feel responsible for my book of business. You know, I feel responsible for the insurance that gets deployed and I want to at least be able to sign off on, you know, what, what risk we're trying to cover out there. Well, then that gives you the opportunity to review it and make sure they didn't leave something off. Exactly. Do our job, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that's huge, you know, for us because, and I want to get into this just for a few minutes on the insure tech thing, because uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know, and there's a lot of agencies that are still, I live in Arkansas, a little different than California. So you guys are um, sneaky though. All, all of my buddies from the Midwest, the country, like, oh, we're just, you know, these nice guys. And then you guys are freaking thinking, you guys like, you like hold your cards tighter than us. We're like blabbing all those coastal people. I swear, my buddies from the South are just like, they're like talking, talking, but they have it all figured out in the back of their minds and then they play their cards. Don't let anybody fool you. You know, well, we, we like to play the dumb redneck cards sometimes, even though sometimes they have figured it out. But the point being, I talk to agents every single day from the South that, there's a lot of them that still have foul cabinets and they're scared of tech or they're scared to move forward. They're scared of something new and different. And so, you know, that's something maybe you could, uh, you know, we could talk a little advice here for a minute to say, okay, if you do want to, you know, dip your toe into the tech game um, and, and dip your toe into, you know, once we're going to establish they've already gone paperless. That's the first big step people have to get around. I, but, I don't think it's black and white. I'm surrounded literally by legal pads. I have a little tiny file cabinet to my left for Fineo's paperwork. Yeah, like I've got, it's okay. It's not one or the other. You know, paper, paper right. is okay. Well, everything within reason, <laughs> you know. But, you know, let's, let's say that, um, you know, they're dipping their toe in the tech game and they want to, you know, have some tech to help run alongside them or hire a VA from CoverDesk or do something like that. What, ha, I did it again. What are some of the ways that uh, you might advise someone, you know, if they're looking into their agency, you know, finding their pain points and then, you know, maybe talk tech for a minute? Yeah, um, we should have a core competency. We should have carriers we go to that we could write in our sleep, whether it be accords, whatever else. I would dip my toe in things you don't want to write or don't write a lot of, but you still have some comprehension of you. Like we said, you don't want to deploy bad product, but if you're focused on commercial and people keep bugging you about homeowners, see if you can get a hold of hippo, you know, if vice versa, you're killing it in personal lines, you know, reach out to my buddies at Talage or Coterie, you know, if you don't really want to get into commercial, you don't want to get weeded and supplementals and accords and everything else. You don't want to have to work a trust account, reach out to those guys, you know? Um, and then path points. Another one, as I mentioned, supplementals, they're even doing not admitted stuff and Talage is putting their toe in the water there too, but these guys will make your life a little easier. I wouldn't, try to work in insure tech into your core competency you can but I, you know you probably have your main horses that's fine but i would work it in where you don't want to play you know grab fineo for sure especially in california if you're a pnc guy and you see all these personal lines opportunities but you're not as comfortable it'll help you track those deals so i would i would start on the periphery you know and just kind of put your toe in the water there there you go uh yeah so and then you know as he's he's dropping names over here, and some of you may not know some of these names, 
and there's some that are comparable to it, or there's some that are better than that, or there's something similar to that. Uh, I, I know he likes to, you know, yeah, throw well, out to his. There's great guys, Breeza, Talage. I, I, I have my friends that I'm closer to, but right. I do think there are a lot of people trying to do good generally in the industry. You know, and I, I no, you're want, exactly right. Yeah. So if Hippo's not your game, you know, maybe you go to Openly or, if, you know, yeah. both of them. Well, high net worth openly for sure. If you're dealing with business yeah. owners, they're going to take care of some nice houses, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, there's different avenues out there. So don't get caught up in the names, although I appreciate the names because some people may not know those names, but I do want you, you know, um, and that's what I love about, you know, being the mayor of insurance town because there's so many citizens, there's so many people out there that you can go to. And you just, I guess to hear what he's saying is, if I'm catching you right, is if your personal lines, you know, maybe, you know, dip your toe in that commercial, something that can help you in the commercial and vice versa. And then always look to um, to add some of that life insurance, whether it's with Fineo or somebody else that does that, just to help you round out where you're not strong in, correct? Yeah, round it out. That client's not going anywhere. If you have the commercial and like a key man policy or something, or if you have their life insurance, they're just not going anywhere. It's going to build a relationship. And it is a weird, interesting conversation. You start talking to people about them like dying, you know, you have a, you have a strange friendship there when you're like, Kevin forbid, worst case scenario, X, Y, and Z, did your wife work? You are in like the weeded relationship talk at that point. <laughs> you know, this isn't like, what are your auto limits? It's like, how many kids do you have? And if you weren't here tomorrow, would they be okay? You don't say that, but like you're building a relationship at that point. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think you're right. When you do get when you get into that conversation, going back to that, um, we're circling back to the life insurance thing. Um, if you've got ADHD, this is going to be a perfect podcast for you to listen to because we're all over the place and I love it. But back to that life talk, you're exactly right. When you start getting into it and you start asking people about their income and you start asking people about their kids, you start asking people about their their house and their autos and you know where what their plans are if they do die. Yeah, you're you're getting to a different level of that relationship, and that's going to solidify things a lot for you. And then it's going to lead to, I think, um, as you build that relationship, you do that, they're going to say, you know what, I was you know, visiting with you know with Brett uh, Fulmore the other day, and he asked me about this. Did you know he even got into my life insurance? Do you know this guy does life insurance? You need to call Brett Fulmer and talk to him or Broker Brett or whatever the name was. <laughs> you know, you got to get out there and talk to him about this. Or, you know, he didn't just care about my home and auto and just making a sale. He really wanted to help me if I were to pass to take care of my family because that's a huge deal. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's really all it comes down to. I, I, I got lucky. So I was playing like basketball three nights a week. I broke my hand when I was 30. Um, a lot of my game was relying on being a good athletes. So I was already dragging myself around. My dad is a very competitive golfer, played at Cal State Fullerton, still plays all the time to this day. I got lucky that that competitive itch sort of shifted into business. Um, and I want to do meaningful business. I want to do a good job. Um, I'm, I feel appreciative that I'm kind of paranoid and like it's not about growth for growth's sake, but the right kind of business and long-term mindset. You know, I, I appreciate stumbling into that. Um but yeah, no, doing life insurance right to me is just part of taking care of people. And I appreciate that I sort of stumbled into it. I didn't mean to. You know, like I said, my, my vision of life insurance ahead of time was a dude from Groundhog's Day, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I still got a long, long way to go, you know. No, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. And so, again, uh, we're kind of already in this topic, but I kind of wanted to, to pick your brain on a few other things uh, before we have to sign off here. As we're getting into this, obviously, you know, the natural the progression and conversation of cross-selling. And so um, you got some uh, some thoughts on uh, maybe some some ideas and some things people do within the cross-selling. Obviously, we talk about the home and the auto and the, and the life, but 
Is there some other things that you could, you know, stand on for a minute? Yeah. Um, the region, reason I'd advocate for cross-selling, especially as a small new agency, is I understand why those middle market guys are like, hey, we need 5,000 revenue per account. Otherwise, we can't even look at it. To us, those are mammoth accounts right now. You know, we'd love to get more of those. Um, you can work on smaller accounts if you're riding their home and auto, if you're riding their life. It makes way more sense to ride a startup where the premium might be 1800 bucks if you're picking up $2,500 of personal lines and $800 of key man policies along the way, you know, and the InsurTech's going to make that easier. You know, it's going to make us be able to put our toe in the water of other things. And if you like paper, you can still print the quotes and put them in a file, you know, like uh, just because it's InsurTech doesn't mean you don't get a document, you know, um, you know, and there are reinsured. And I know some of them are MGAs that write on other people's paper, but we're pretty darn conservative when it comes to insurance as a country um, and know your clients when they have a claim, get in there with them, you know, help them work with the underwriter, you know, or sorry, work with the claims manager. Um, it's still insurance, knock on wood. I mean, I haven't had to deal with a lot of claims yet. I hear Bradley Flowers and uh, I protect insurance talk about like hurricanes rolling through Alabama. Like, geez, that sounds insane. You know, when half your book of business has an issue in the same night. Um, but yeah, know your clients, know the risk, make sure you're writing the right coverage. Don't be too cute with class codes. Um, should be okay you know if you're depicting the actual story you know of what's going on with the company yeah you talk be- about those alabama storms you got the wildfires in california yeah, that's true bro. that's true uh <laughs> it was so weird last year when like raining ash was just like oh it's happening again during a pandemic you know um i, I guess you know I don't want to say the devil you know is better than the devil you don't but i can deal with her yeah i can deal with earthquakes and i can deal with wildfires these are the things i grew up with for good or for bad, but a hurricane, I'm like, that sounds gnarly. You know, or like if I was around a tornado alarm, I'd be like, you know, but if I'm from Oklahoma, I just walk outside and look up at the thing, probably, you know. So funny. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's, it's all about, you know, like you said, knowing the devil that you know. And me down here in the South, I'm thinking if I looked up and saw it was raining ash uh, on a random, you know, Tuesday, I'm thinking, that's weird. What the heck is that? <laughs> or, you know, you see whole fields on fire. We don't have that here. You know, I uh, was in Oklahoma for the first time in my life, you know, a month ago. And just their normal Tuesday of wind was like 30 miles an hour or something like that. It was 15, 18 miles. Like, what the That's heck? Wild. Yeah. Yeah. It was Sorry. crazy. Yeah, I couldn't wear a hat. It kept blowing off. And I was like, forget it, you know. Um, so uh, it was one of those things that, you know, you deal with what you got. But well, I like that you brought up the claims and, and taking care of that part of it too, because that's something that, you know, we all have to take care of. We're, what are we doing if we don't take care of our claims? Yeah, that's honestly, that's the point. Like, I think we're translators and I think we're there for a time of crisis and not to take it in one last tangent. Um, I kind of was accidentally a youth pastor for like three years from like 18 to 21. And uh, it was a cool that's gig. Awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. And I think of a lot of the traits I'm proud of as a person, I think came from people gave me big responsibilities. It was a good sized church. It was like a 2000 person church. I was in charge of like sixth graders, but, you know, occasionally be on a bus where I'm like 20 years old with like thousands of dollars in cash. And I'm in charge of 60 people, four or five of which are solid professionals, you know, and I got to be around them. Um, 
but you're taking care of people. Insurance, if you're doing it right, you're taking care of people. You know, I used to do office moves. That was a lot of details. Yeah, if people wonder why I'm so happy around insurance, I used to do freaking, uh, used to do office moving sales for six years. Like moving companies, moving freaking Newport Beach housewives, they were mean. They're mean and tough people. They're great people. Don't get me wrong. So salt, like salt of the earth, great people, but some of them, man. Um, yeah, I used to do office moves and household moves, like moving stressed out people across the country and just getting yelled at because of like where a van liner is or like an office move going so well. And then somebody like etching something into like an elevator wall with a knife from your crew. It's like, are you kidding me? So when I came into insurance, it's like the same amount of paperwork and I got paid every year. I was happy as a pig in s <laughs> you know um yeah that was insurance looks very good to me and i sold copiers before that just getting yelled at and thrown out of office buildings you know so yeah and so and that's something that um uh, you know as i you know as i continue to grow in my career and become the old man now that i've been 20 years almost in this industry you know that's something that you know i want to stand on for a while and i've got a uh a talk that I've done uh, with some colleges here about, you know, why, why our industry is so great. You know, I mean, you're going back to even what you're talking about with startups, you know, you can't start a business without insurance. You can't drive your car without insurance. You can't, you know, buy a home without insurance. You can't do a lot of things without insurance. Plus, you know, if you're looking to get into, if you're listening to this by happenstance, you're not in the industry, which I don't know why, but you know, it's an industry you get paid renewals. I still get a check today for business. I wrote 20 years ago. That's amazing yeah. to me. Amazing. I wrote probably 10 or 15 life insurance policies when I was 21 years old. I'm still getting paid cool. 20 years later on at a 2% you know, renewal, but I'm still getting those checks. And sometimes that's date night for me and my wife. Well, sometimes it's a, yeah, it's a pair of shoes for my kid. For surviving that as a youngster, I couldn't imagine trying to sell life insurance in my twenties. Um, that's a hill, you know. And actually, not to nerd out on Fineo, I do you know a little stipend. I'm part of it. Um, I think it's going to be a platform that twenty somethings will use that'll feel like Apple or Netflix. They'll have intuitiveness. They're not going to want forty tabs in their browser and a spreadsheet of passwords. They're going to be like, "This is stupid. How are you running your business this way?" You know. I think it's going to be bundled in a cohesive way. Um, yeah, no, I love it. I mean, plus the other thing, the good and the bad side of it, the reason why so many agents, how many businesses can you start with like a laptop and a few licenses that you can make real money at? You know, we don't need CNC machines. I was right. fortunate to go to Hawaii for a week and I really tried hard not to work. And I probably worked for an hour and a half. I got some stuff done from a freaking smartphone and a laptop, you know, like there were still things moving along. Lucky to have a business partner that was taking care of stuff while I was gone. Um, but so freaking cool. You know, everyone wants to talk oh, about yeah. digital nomads working, whatever. Few industries can do it as well. That's the reason. No, to get you're exactly for. right. And <laughs> when you hit the pandemic, um, you know, a lot of industries were shut down. A lot of industries couldn't work. And, you know, once we, you know, about two or three months in, my wife and I decided, let's go to the beach. We're going to sit on the beach. And she and I both took our laptops and, you know, we were able to work from the beach. We were able to do our thing and just have a prettier view than our backyard, you know, and. It was just nice. Or you can, you know, be wherever you want to and, and get stuff done. And you can work from, you know, the beach. You can work from your car. You can work from the toilet for you know, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. I may or may not have done that once or twice. Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not speaking from experience. Or I might be. I mean, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's definitely happened. Um, so uh, I know we both got a hard stop here in a few minutes. I, I, you know, the people that have listened to this, it's just been two dudes nerding out on insurance for an hour. And I've loved it. 
and hopefully you guys have too. But I am going to give you an opportunity for the last couple of minutes if you want to share your contact, if you want to do one last plug for something that you're interested in or you're in, whether it's Fineo or some other thing you're into, just take the last five or six minutes or even less to drop your contact and then talk about whatever you want to. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for being sensitive to the time. Um, much to do, much to see. Uh, the last thing I'll say is it's a grind. Uh, 10 years to be an overnight success. You know, get rich in your niche. Whoever's trying to sell big bombastic things, like this industry is tough. There's a reason why a lot of people end up selling stuff to the industry as opposed to like selling insurance sometimes. I'm like, this is a hard freaking industry. Um, but if you can kind of stay the distance, kind of take your licks, you know, find your niche. I really don't know if there's a better sell. I've sold copiers, I've sold office moves. I'm around a lot of commercial real estate guys. Um, I love what we do. You know, I'll leave it that out there. So Fineo, F-I-N-A-E-O.com has come to the States, real successful up in Canada, um, platform with multiple products, you know, makes tracking deals, quoting deals, selling life insurance a lot easier. You know, it feels modern compared to the other life insurance tools I've used or use. And then Capta IMS, uh, C-A-P-T-A IMS.com. Um, just a super straightforward platform. No fluff. You can add the verticals that you need. It's got a dialer. It's got an e-sign. Uh, we got some other cool things working up our sleeve. Uh, but just, I know it's the most cliche thing in the world, you know, for agents, by agents, but we're using it ourselves. Our friends are using it. We're building an agency through it. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to talk shop, if anybody needs help with Squarespace websites, setting up Google Drive, you know, picking my brain on social media, happy to chat. Brett, B-R-E-T-T at brokerbrett.com. Um, but yeah, here nerding out and trying to do the dang thing to keep some authority in my own voice, uh, but still learning, man. I not, got nothing figured out. You know, we're working on it together, you know. Yeah, and that's what I love is that throughout this, you were so transparent, open with, you know, your, you know, your positives, you know, things you're working on, things like that. And I appreciate that. I think people will resonate with that. And the citizens that listen to this will be like, oh, yeah, I, I was there. Or I am there. Or I've been there. Uh, or I hope to get there. So I think that's really good. I appreciate you being so transparent, honest with us and, and just open it up a little bit to us. So uh, I, I love it. I appreciate it. So uh, did you leave your email address? I know you did earlier, but drop it again for me. Yeah, definitely. Brett, B-R-E-T-T at brokerbrett.com. Um, pretty good on it. You know, grab me on LinkedIn too um, yeah. or Twitter. You know, I think it's just broker underscore Brett. I'll double check real quick. Uh, I enjoy Twitter a lot. Twitter is where I kind of screw off and kind of really? have That's fun funny. industry water cooler talk. I know I, I heard your pod with Arlene and Ted, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and where your jam. Yeah, Teach dude. their own. Like you really, I don't think you should fight yourself what you like. There's plenty of people on any of these things, but yeah. So no, just you're exactly Brett right. Brett, or sorry, broker underscore Brett on Twitter. Yeah, got it. I'm yeah. just afraid I'm going to go off on some Donald Trump rant. Uh, not Donald Trump about Donald <laughs> Trump. They're like, I'm going to turn into Donald Trump and rant about a bunch of stuff, and people are yeah. going to be like, turn this guy off because it's so easy to rant on Twitter. So well, I, the, you know, kind of have to put a little filter on me on that. The hack I found that was fun on Twitter was uh, I think it was Jack who invented Twitter. It was either on Bill Simmons or on uh, Tim Ferriss. And they said, who does it best? Like Elon Musk, because he doesn't take it too serious and he has fun. And it was kind of a light bulb. And I think of uh, LinkedIn as kind of like a, a main street. You know, LinkedIn, you kind of still need to have your storefront going. Um, but none of them are magic bullets. And they're good to have a presence, more so because people are going to vet you. I'm not sure if they win you business, but I think... 
they help. They're like a, um, not a qualifier, but basically people check them out. They're like, oh, this is a real person. And they seem like they have reasonable vibes. I still think you have to go get the business. You know, I don't think any of these are cure-alls. I just think it's part of curating like a presence to create a trusted brand, but you still got to do the work. You know, I'm just, I'm just waiting to see that check mark by Brett Fulmer's name. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, maybe who knows? Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? All right, brother. Uh, again, I said a hard stop five minutes ago and here we're still talking. So I am going to jump off here, but dude, it's been a blast. I've loved it. Let's talk off air soon. Cool. Um, Say hi to Spencer for me, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good, brother. Thank you for the time. You are Appreciate the man. It. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today in Insurance Town. We had a great conversation, and I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope the content we brought you made you a better insurance professional. Guys, I got to tell you, like I do every week, thank you, first of all. But do me a favor. If you're listening to this right now, if you've made it to the outro, you're already a fan, you're already a buddy, you're already a citizen, go click subscribe uh, so that we can build our subscribers and you could be the first to get the newest content. We're going to start releasing a whole lot of good stuff and not that we haven't already, but more stuff, maybe even twice a week, some weeks, we got some bonus episodes. We got some more insurance town, uh, how, town hall meetings coming up. It's just uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. I want you to subscribe so you don't miss it. If you've got an idea for your own podcast, Go to GetReadySetPodcast.com. Reach out to my man, Ryan. He can do all the heavy lifting for you. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.